Welcome to the National Crawford Roundtable Podcast, a view of culture, current events, and politics through a biblical lens, brought to you by Preborn, Saving Babies and Souls, and Wilson Financial Advisors, over 50 years of financial expertise and success. Visit CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on their banners to visit their websites. And now here are your hosts, Neil Boron, Bob Duco, Roger Marsh, and John Rush. Back with another week of the National Crawford Roundtable podcast with all of the guys, Neil and Roger and John, myself, Bob. Hey, guys, how are you? Great. Very good, Bob. Thank you. Good. Doing well. Get, get your uh, Christmas shopping done yet? Yeah, well, we're guys, so none <laughs> no. of us have done anything. No, until it's not the 24th yet. Right? Yeah, come on. Okay, what am I thinking? <laughs> we got plenty exactly. of time. Yeah. Hey, you know what? 7-Eleven sells gift cards. You know there how you that go. works, right? You mm-hmm. buy one at the very end. Uh, this week... We're going to be talking about the craziness of the anti-Semitism that that seems to be permeating so much of our youth and so much of the political left in this country these days. Uh, For example, you've got Karine Jean-Pierre, the spokesperson of the White House, was asked specifically if she would condemn U.S. Congresswoman Pramila Jayapal for her CNN interview. Now, this is the woman who tried to create this moral equivalency between Israel and the raping of Jewish women by Hamas, saying, you know, we can't get into a a hierarchy of atrocities, and it's kind of a both sides kind of thing. It's like, wow, you have to be kidding me. But the White House would not condemn that. And add to this several weeks ago, Rashida Tlaib refusing to condemn the beheading of Israeli babies. But then it's not just the Democrats in Congress. You've got these progressive women groups. You have the United Nations taking eight weeks before they finally got around to acknowledging and condemning the raping of women. Some of the reports that are coming out of what's been happening to these women, the the atrocities that were done against them. Unreadable. It it really is. We can't even describe some of them over this podcast because it's just so over-the-top graphic, like something you would see in a slasher snuff flick film. Worse. Uh, Yeah, you're right. I I don't even... Some of those really graphic kind of movies like Saw and whatever that that press the boundaries of, of human torture is the kind of stuff that they've done to these women, these Jewish women. And you know something? You can't get... It's like pulling teeth trying to get the progressive left in America today to even acknowledge this, to condemn it, to be offended and shocked by it. And I, I just, I, I, honestly, guys, I find this really despicable, I do. But I want to start with, with uh, Pramila Jayapal and, and her interview with CNN. Even liberal left-wing Dana Bash, uh, John, even Dana Bash was like, okay, come on, surely you can condemn this, right? Uh, but... She wouldn't even do that. The the really graphic nature, violent rapes of these Jewish women. And she's going to say, well, you know, it's a both sides kind of issue. Yeah, yeah no, it's not. It's like, no, it is yeah, no, it's not. not. But what, what in the world is, what in the world? And by the way, can I just say, nobody in Congress, she's not getting in trouble, John, with anybody, right. okay? Right. Hakeem Jeffries isn't, isn't demanding that she apologize. Correct. But here's what I want, and this is what I'm really curious about. And I'm not trying to do the, the imagine the other way, but I'm going to do it anyway. Just try to imagine if you had some, you know, right wing Tea Party ish kind of, I don't know, uh, conservative Republican, and that Republican was on Fox News and was asked specifically, "Hey, can you condemn the the lynchings of black people or the the killing of George Floyd or you know whatever something like that?" And that person's like, "Well, you know, there's both sides here," and then pivoted to, "Let's well, talk about how bad the blacks." We have an are. example can you imagine of that, such Bob? a thing. We have an example of that with Trump over the whole white supremacy thing, where. You know, he he didn't, by the way, say or, or or you know pass off anything or say that the other side was correct. But he, you know, he literally in the press got crucified for doing the very same thing, even though he didn't do he it. He didn't do that though. That's I know. the thing. But what I'm saying is he didn't and still got in trouble. Right. You know what? That's a great point because when Trump said. You've got very bad people. You've got violent people on both sides. You have right. very fine people on right. both sides. Okay, He's talking about the four groups of people, the, the peaceful, nonviolent people on the left and right that debated over the statue, and then the, the KKK on the right and the Antifa crowd on the left. So he says violent people on both sides, very fine people on both sides. But after he said very fine people on both sides, he said, 
and when I say fine people, I'm not talking about the neo-Nazis and the KKK because they should be condemned totally. I'm talking about the people right. other right. than the neo-Nazis and but white But he still got in trouble. And he still got, right. Yes. Where's the trouble for uh, Kamala, for um, uh, Pramila Jayapal? I'm, just, I'm not seeing Where, Where's it. the trouble, Bob, for any of these that are siding with the, the literally, let's call, it, let's call these... These individuals, what they are, you know, I don't even call them terrorists. They're just absolute butchers that should be removed from the planet, period. Absolutely. Uh, Neil, I'm, I, I mean, I'm, get... so, I'm so stinking mad this morning after reading some of this stuff that, you know, I, you feel like flying over there and taking care of it yourself. I know. I know. Because it, when you read the uh, oh, it's just what was done, the, the, the evil, you talk about satanic Awful. Uh, the stuff that Awful. they did to these women, you know, and we could, re- Neil, we could read this in a news report. That's one thing, but these are real life human beings. These are screaming, crying women that are facing their death in the horrific ways that we can't even describe. We're not talking about rape. There, there are people in mental institutions today in Israel from just watching what happened, guys. Yeah, let alone actually experiencing that kind Correct. of thing. Correct. And you know what, Neil? We have a Democratic Party that refuses to call out their own for creating moral equivalency here with this and and minimizing this because there's nothing, Neil, from the DNC, nothing in there, the the official Democratic Party condemning this kind of talk. There's nothing from Hakeem Jeffries, Nancy Pelosi, none of them. Uh, You get a handful here and there that will be willing to say, all right, that's wrong. Uh, You do have Debbie Wasserman Schultz, good for her, and a couple others that said, uh, Pramila Jayapal, that's not acceptable. But you know what, Neil? They're the fringe. The the DNC itself, the Democratic Party proper, is giving this a pass. Well, the vast majority of people in the world are giving it a pass, if you think about it. I mean, this has turned into a conversation about whataboutism and stuff. I mean, uh, <clears throat> anybody that's supporting Hamas right now and um, the Palestinians in general, and I'm not talking about innocent women and children caught up in the conflict who maybe want nothing to do with this, some of whom may even be believers. There are Palestinian Christians. But, you know, when the world turns a blind eye to this stuff, that's what is shocking. Yeah, elected officials, of course, need to be held accountable. Will they be? Will these people be held accountable? Will they be booted from office because they don't care about, you know, the brutal raping of women? I mean, some of the stuff uh, John was talking about before the podcast, I mean, I, I looked up the BBC article he referred to. I don't even think we could talk about it on this program. No, we uh, can't. Exactly what happened. But you're talking about mutilation and uh, removal of body parts. Mm-hmm. Just absolutely disgusting. So where's the outrage from the rest of the world? You use the word satanic. I might have said demonic, but I'll go with satanic on this one. This is absolutely satanic manifestation uh, happening right before our eyes. And when I say what about is, and people are saying, well, yeah, but, you know, look how bad Israel has been over the years. They're, you know, they're occupiers, they're oppressors. And so somehow this is justified. By the way, I don't agree with that assessment. But the point is, the vast majority of people in the world, not just in Congress or the Democratic Party, are turning a blind eye. How troubling is that? I think each one of us need to check our own heart. Like, I mean, we can have a conversation about this, but what are we going to do about it is a better question. Well, what, what do we do about it, Roger? It seems to me that we are talking about it here. We are making an issue out of it. We are say, we're, we're basically calling out and condemning the, the silence and the acceptance of this from those that are that are silent on it and i have to i gotta get political here it seems to be overwhelmingly from the political left in at least in this country and that ought to be very telling for so-called quote-unquote christian democrat voters yeah absolutely and i'm glad you referred to it as coming from the left as opposed to just the democrat party because we know that there is a wing a faction of people who profess faith in christ who have followed that either the democrat party ideology or the progressive party ideology i follow a couple of them on social media and i've just been stunned to see the whataboutism that's happening here. The you know New York Times post that uh, Israel mounts a ground offensive against Palestine, you know, and it's like, wait, what, what? I mean, Israel's reclaiming lost territory after their people are being raped and mutilated and butchered. And when you see the data that gets put out as fact on social media, well, here's what the, the tally now, Israel has slaughtered 35,000 Palestinians and 10 Israelis were killed or whatever. It's, just, it's, it's so egregious. It's just, it's just so awful. And as people, of course, we look at 
this and you can't read it. And you know, there are parts in scripture where it says, you know, some of these things that the people do, this evil, it, it's really sinful for us to even mention it. They're really unmentionable. I think we've hit that point, guys. I mean, when we see what's mm-hmm. happening here right now, there are things like, John, you were saying earlier about, I, I can't even repeat on air what I've read. And mm-hmm. and we not only can we not, we should not. It's that right. despicable. It's that That's vile. Right. And so, right. so I have to be able to call that what it is. And so to see any, I mean, again, this is our, our, our weekly reminder to anybody who is a Christian who is voting Democrat, and I'm talking to Catholics. Stop. I mean, you, don't do it. Stop. Don't, don't, there's, not, there's nothing there. And chances are you are finding yourself playing the whataboutism game, saying, well, we're comparing the death tolls here. And the, you're anyone who, I mean, it's called propaganda. They're That's going right. to report numbers that they That's want right. you to believe to win you to their side. And if you don't look for truthful sources, and we aim every week here at the National Crawford Roundtable to find the most credible sources and discuss those issues. I mean, if we're screwing up, we, we, we can call ourselves out. I mean, there's, there's no question mm-hmm. about it. We don't have any trouble holding our own accountable. But in this case here, I mean, the whataboutism with Israel, especially from the Christian left, is despicable. It is, and we, we have We're got really to quick, guys, stop the only, supporting The only thing else evil. I want to call out on this, Bob, and I think you said this earlier, where are all of our Republican you know, politicians it, it, you know, in Washington? You know, where is the outrage from all of them? I hear it's crickets from these guys. What know, in the world you know what? is going on? Because they're, they're, they're spineless. They're afraid of the media. What a bunch of garbage. I, look, I'm, I'm with you on that. I am. And we're, we're just diving into this, folks. we got a lot more to unpack in this as we continue through the National Crawford Roundtable. As we do... We want to remind everybody as well, okay, we are sponsored. We want you to support our sponsors. One of those sponsors is Preborn. Now, uh, most people listening to us right now are pro-life. We understand that. What are we doing? How much can we do to save babies' lives, to stop abortions? You're like, well, I'm one person. What can I do? I'll tell you what you can do. You can pay for ultrasound images for Preborn to show those images to expectant moms of their unborn babies because they choose life almost all the time when they see a picture of their baby. Pro-life does, uh, the, the pre-born does this with pro-life centers all across the country, folks, but it takes money. $28 is the average cost to stop one abortion through ultrasound images. So I'm asking everybody in the audience right now, pray about a number. Take $28 times fill in the blank. Whatever number you fill in that blank, that's the amount of baby's lives you'll save. It's that number times 28 it's a one-time gift, and 100% of what you give goes to fund ultrasounds, nothing for overhead. But we also have an anonymous donor who said they'll match dollar for dollar anything you folks in the audience give from now through Christmas. We appreciate that. So double it now. Go to CrawfordMediaGroup.net, click on Preborn, and give right there, okay? CrawfordMediaGroup.net, click on Preborn. Or you could talk to a real-life person over the phone 24-7. Call right now, 833-850-BABY. That's 833-850-BABY. We appreciate you folks giving. As we continue talking about, of course, the horrific atrocities that we are seeing and hearing now from Hamas against these Israeli women and what in the world is going on with the American left. By the way, guys, I don't know if you happen to see the testimony before Congress where you've got Elise Stefanik, she did a great job grilling, I think, the presidents of Harvard University, MIT, and University of Pennsylvania, asking them point blank, hey, does calling for genocide against Jews, does that violate your code of conduct for students or whatever? Couldn't get a yes out of any of these people as well. So it does seem like, uh, John, there is some kind of real, real hatred for, for, for Jews, for Israel, that they don't even they don't mind these kind of atrocities, this kind of blindness. We were talking about this as well privately before we started uh, podcasting right. here. John, this is evil. This is demonic. It this is, is satanic. Is. I, there's no way in the natural human civilized human beings can act this way. And unfortunately, and this you know again goes all the way back to biblical history. Unfortunately, the hatred for the Jewish people is still alive and well today. It shouldn't be by now. It should be gone, wiped off the planet. But I will. I, Guys, I hate to say this, but I think it's more alive and well today than it probably ever has been in my lifetime. Hmm. What, uh, Roger? Am I wrong? N- yeah, I, I don't, I don't think so. I, I'm not, I'm not sure that I can say that you're wrong about this. I know this has been going on for a long time, of course. But, but publicly, but, like we see it right now, even with our elected yeah. officials, have you ever seen a time like this? No. And by the way, uh, with. 
a Holocaust museum in Washington, D.C., a Holocaust museum in Dallas, Texas. I mean, the never forget mentality of the Jewish people, and yet 70 years after World War II, anti-Semitism is at this kind of a level. It's unbelievable. No, I, I, I know it is. So, I, Roger, it does seem to me that this has got to be uh, demonic. It's got to be spiritual. This, this has to be a satanic thing because I, I just... I'm trying to figure out, I'm trying to wrap my brain, Roger, around. I'm turning you into a psychologist now. Hmm. How can any human being do this kind of horrific stuff against another human being? And so we can always say, okay, you've got individual six sociopaths, but how do we explain the huge swaths of human? Like, for example, the United Nations. They're not offended by this. They took eight weeks. They took 50 days before they were willing to even acknowledge this. And right now you've got a, let's call it the way that it is, a Democratic Party. And yes, I know it's mostly this is about the left. It's not so much about Democrats. But you know what? The Democratic Party itself, they have official statements. They've put, they have not put out one statement of condemnation against these uh, pro-Palestinian, pro-Hamas protesters, the people like Rashida Tlaib and Pramila Jayapal, there's no repercussions coming on them whatsoever. I'm not hearing anything from Joe Biden, from Kamala Harris, any of them on this. So this is more than just the individual sickos themselves. You have an entire political party that for the most part is staying silent on this, except for maybe a handful of them that are willing to speak out. And to me, that's a problem. Yep, we have to pay attention to the signs of the times. I mean, this is where we are. I mean, the idea that there are Christians supporting conservative political candidates and saying, well, if we could just win an election or two, things are going to change. It's That ship has sailed. That, that boat yeah. is gone. That train left the station a long time ago. And we are now seeing the repercussions. So we do have to deal with the shock of what we're dealing with. But, you know, when someone shows you who they are and they tell you who they are, believe them. I mean, th th there's no shame now. I mean, we we've right. gone through the past 20 plus years or so, you're asking about amateur psychology, so here's my best swing. I mean, when you see what's happened with leftist behavior that we have sought as a culture to normalize, you know, let let's take away the shame and the stigma of insert your, you know, craziness here. Um, you can't criticize someone for being gay. You can't criticize someone for being transgender. You can't criticize someone for being polyamorous or, you know, whatever it is. And, and the bad guys are the moral people. Well, we're not a moral nation anymore. The vast majority of people do not believe in morals and values as being absolute unless they are the standard. Remember the George Barna numbers that came out of the pandemic? The number of people who believe that the Bible is the moral code of ethics has gone down by about 5 or 6%. The number of people who believe in morals and values, absolutely, um, has gone up. And the only difference is they believe they're the standard now. So when mm -hmm. you get right down to it, you get enough people in one of those silos and one of those echo chambers who all believe that this is okay. Israel bad, Hamas good, because Hamas means Palestine. Um, that's, that's the mantra of the modern left worldwide. And it's why you're not going to see Joe Biden condemn, why you see them, him begrudgingly going to Israel and, okay, what, are we, what do we have to do and that type of thing. Meanwhile, Iran, Syria, China, you know, hanging around in the background trying to figure out what their next moves are, made much easier by the fact that the moral gatekeeper of the free world, the United States of America, sits idly by and says, well, you know, Israel's killing a lot of people. So, well, that's what we expect from Israel because they're just a bunch of terrorists and heathens. And when you get that even from the American so-called Christian left, I mean, the ships left the station. I mean, we, we need a new plan of attack because the, the building's on fire and we can't talk about building structure right now when it's in, up in flames like that. I know, that yeah. is so true. And, Let me and jump actually, in yeah, you know what? Hey, Neil, let's do this because I want to get your take on this as well. But Roger, before we, we finish you on this point, one of the things I want to make sure and stress, because we mentioned this to our listeners before and we say it all the time, uh, we are sponsored and we want to make sure that our listeners, while while we appreciate you tuning into us and listening to us, we also want you to support our sponsors. We want you to get your financial houses in order. And Roger, I know that Dennis Wilson has helped a lot of our listeners and a lot of people get themselves financially sound in their own homes. We want want to be wise stewards with our money and we appreciate what dennis wilson is doing to help people do just that well especially when you talk about the morality of the stewardship of your finances i mean when you think about it a lot of people will go put their money in a bank or they'll make an investment with an investment firm and they'll, they'll just do it they wouldn't think about where that money's actually going they'll put money into a real estate investment trust for example and not realize that the real estate is somewhere in a european nation that might be completely anti-israel and against your values as a christian that's why dennis does the extra due diligence to make sure 
sure that the investments that you are making with through and through Wilson Financial Services back your values. Not only that, but as the world markets are going nuts and going up and down and craziness, Wilson Financial clients right now are saying, okay, well, maybe the stock market's going up. Maybe the real estate market's going down. I'm not worried because I'm invested in products that aren't going to fluctuate like that. They're never going down and there's only up plus extra added benefits too. Click on the Wilson Financial Advisor banner when you go to CrawfordMediaGroup.net or call 800-696-9970 because guys, this is a matter of our financial security, especially as governments are trying to find new ways to claw back taxes from individuals. But not only that, but when you look at the world markets and the way things are happening in the world market right now, I mean... they're coming for us, guys. We're a land of prosperity, capitalism, free market, entrepreneurship. And quite frankly, wouldn't you love, if you're a communist dictator, to have access to some of that type of stuff? We need to be protected. Oh, I know. So true. Uh, as we continue the discussion, Neil, I'm sorry, I cut you off before a point that you were going to make. Um, yeah, I I don't want to turn this into a Republican bashing thing by any means. That's not my point. But you did say earlier, and I agreed with the point that you made, that there are an awful lot of Republicans as well who aren't saying anything at all about this. They're just kind of hiding in the shadows. And conservatives, I'm sure some libertarians, John, uh, but, you know, like the point is, um, what was it Edmund Burke said, you know, the only thing necessary for evil to triumph is for good men to do nothing. What about the churches that haven't mentioned this to their congregations? They're not praying for Israel. They're not even talking about it. It's, quote, too controversial. Bob, I'm guessing that you got to have a lot of that in Michigan because of the large, you know, population mm-hmm. of, of of Muslims and and Palestinians and others living near well, Dearborn and other areas, but like, yep. um, so so what about that? And what I'm getting at here is that it, it's really easy in the world to like. It's the same thing I've brought up several times. Jesus saying, "Look at why are you worried about the speck in somebody else's eye? You got a log in your own." If, if there are believers or Christians anywhere with any voice, with any position of influence, not using it for the glory of God, not pointing out evils like what we're describing here, then we're all all guilty, or at least anybody who's participating is guilty. And yeah, the Repub- uh, the uh, Democrats have turned a blind eye largely and progressive and liberals, and we can be mad about that, but I don't think we should be patting ourselves on the back if the rest of us who could be doing something are really just doing nothing or it, or condemning the idea that people aren't condemning this and not really doing anything about it. So I'm glad we're talking about it. And I just think that we need to take a good hard look within the body of Christ as to what we're doing to support Israel. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Bless Israel so we can be blessed by God. The scripture's clear on that. And by the way, our Savior was a Jew. And he's coming back and he's re- he was born in Jerusalem, uh, in uh, Bethlehem, and he's returning to Jerusalem. Our Jewish Savior is going to Israel one day to rule and reign and, and of course, you know, I don't want to get into the biblical prophecy stuff, but the reality is Israel's central to who we are as believers. And if we're unwilling to talk about this kind of stuff in church, what is that about? Well, let's face it. A lot of churches, unfortunately, aren't willing to touch anything that is even remotely politicized or controversial because they don't want to turn off uh, members of their congregation. That's one of the reasons why they don't touch the Republican Democrat thing. Because one of the reasons why we're in the condition we're in today. Yeah, because of look between. I've said this many times. Twenty-five to thirty percent of self-described born-again evangelical Christians vote Democrat on a regular basis. That's what they do. That means you go into any church and you've got probably between a fourth and a third of the congregation that votes Democrat. So if you say things that go against Democrat talking points, you're going to lose a third of your congregation. A lot of pastors are afraid to touch that with a 10-foot pole, unfortunately. And it's much of the political left in this country today that's against Israel. So I I do think that there is a a cowardice at play here, Neil, in, in what it is that you're talking about. Yeah, and you know... It's over the years we've 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 said that the, the problem in the world today is Hollywood, and I'm not over generalizing here. I'm just saying we've had conversations not just on this program, but on our radio shows and in Christian circles in the conservative Christian community. It's Hollywood's fault. It's big tech's fault. Now it's social media's fault. Uh, it's it's critical race theory. It's the universities. It's what kids are being taught on campus. Yeah, okay, but only nine percent of Christian parents, self-identifying Christian parents today, nine percent believe it's their responsibility to instill a biblical worldview in their children. They're abdicating it to other people. I guess maybe the youth pastor is supposed to help your child grow up with a biblical worldview. What I'm saying is I, I think that we love to pat ourselves on the back and miss our own personal responsibility in these kinds of conversations. So even as we're talking about the problems with um, you know, the Democratic 
Party or the progressives and liberals turning a blind eye to this. We've got some of this going on in the Republican Party and in our churches as well, and I don't want to miss that. Well, I'm not saying we sweep that under the rug, but we do have... Uh, we do have right now horrific evil that's being perpetrated against Jewish people in Israel. And I can't get past the fact that you have one of our two primary political parties that is turning a blind eye to it and actually not just even turning a blind eye, but outright trying to minimize it. We have the progressive left in this country that's out celebrating the people carrying out the evil, the pro-Hamas people, especially in our youth right now. Uh, this, to me, is, in fact, an evil thing. Now, mm -hmm. do, do Republicans, need, and especially Christians more so, do Christians need to be bold enough and stand up and say, this is wrong, this is evil? Yes, absolutely. But unfortunately, a lot of the churches are afraid to touch anything even remotely political. So they don't want to say, hey, what's going on with the political left in this country that they're actually supporting Hamas? Because, oh no, again, I just turned off a third of my congregation. The answer is that third of the congregation, knock that nonsense off and realize that you're backing evil and stop mm -hmm. doing it. Because mm -hmm. today's Democratic Party is not something that I believe a Christian ought to be supporting. I just don't. And, Agreed. you know, I've laid out my reasons why uh, certainly on that before. But we're going to get into the second half of this podcast coming up next because there's a lot more about this to unpack anti-Semitism in this country and around the world. The United Nations will get into a little bit more. And what is it that's driving this and what is the answer to it? So we got a lot more to, to, uh, to unpack. Also, if you haven't given to, given to preborn yet, would you please consider doing that right now? Remember, preborn is the main pro-life group that shows ultrasound images of unborn babies to expectant moms. They do this in pro-life centers all over the country. It takes money, though, to show these ultrasound images. But when that mom sees a picture of her baby, she chooses life almost all the time. And she usually ends up accepting the Lord, too. So what we're asking everybody in the audience to do is pay for as many ultrasound images as you can. $28 will stop one abortion. $28 is the average cost to save one baby's life. So say $28 times fill in the blank. Pray about a number. Is it 10 babies? That's $280. Is it 100 babies? It's a thousand babies. I, I don't know what you can afford. By the way, we do need some heavy hitters out there that God's blessed you financially. We need some of you to buy ultrasound machines. They're $15,000 a piece. It's a tax write-off for you or your business. And uh, your forever legacy will be saving thousands and thousands of babies' lives. But for the rest of you, take $28 times some number. And that's what we want you to give. And we've got an anonymous donor from now through Christmas, who's matching dollar for dollar everything that you give. So now you can double the baby's lives you save. So here's how you give. Go right now to CrawfordMediaGroup.net, click on Preborn. CrawfordMediaGroup.net, click on Preborn, give there. Every penny you give goes to fund ultrasounds, nothing for overhead. Or just give them a call, 833-850-BABY. 833-850-BABY. Just mention National Crawford Roundtable when you call. We appreciate that. We are going to dive into the second half of the podcast coming up next. You can watch video of our podcast at myhopenow.com and certainly follow My Hope Now wherever you follow your social media. And Neil, Roger, John, myself, Bob, we got the second half coming up next. This has been a Crawford Media Group production. Continuing the second half of the National Crawford Roundtable podcast with all of the guys, Roger Marsh, Roger the Prodigal Marsh, back with us from the bottom line, People's Republic of California, John Rush, Rush to Reason out of Denver, Colorado, Neil Boron, Neil Boron Live out of Buffalo, New York, myself, Bob Duco, the Bob Duco Show out of Detroit. As we talk about anti-Semitism and how out of control this is getting. And so, guys, I want to, before we start talking about worldwide and, and more into the spiritual aspects of this and uh, the hatred for Israel, I, there's one other thing politically, though, that I want to address. And it is something where I don't say the Republican Party is perfect. They're far from it. You got two secular parties. Uh, neither one of them are Christian parties, but one of them, I would argue, is at least closer to biblical principles and values, and the other one is really much farther away, and I would say that's the Democratic Party. But one of the big differences that I've noticed about the two parties in general is that the Republicans, for the most part, are willing to call out and condemn by name the extremists that are in their own party, whereas Democrats 
don't seem willing to do this. And I just want to lay out on the table my reasons for saying this. Let's think about some of the extremists in the quote-unquote Republican Party. Groups like the KKK, the white supremacists, the neo-Nazis, uh, they don't like the Republicans either, but they they hate the Democrats even more so. So they will tend to vote Republican. I think we acknowledge that, all right? However, uh, if you look at Republicans, they will regularly speak out and condemn the KKK and white supremacists and such. And just one of the examples I'm going to give is Donald Trump himself, because Donald Trump is the one who's accused by the left of being the poster child for racism and you know neo-Nazis, very fine people. But I just want to share very briefly uh, some quotes from Donald Trump regarding these things. He said, first of all, neo-Nazis and white nationalists should be condemned totally. He said that on August 15th, 2017. On August 13th, 2017, after Charlottesville, he addressed the nation from the Oval Office and said these words, quote, racism is evil. And those that cause violence in its name are criminals and thugs, including the KKK, neo-Nazis, white supremacists, and other hate groups that are repugnant to everything we hold dear as Americans. On September 14th, 2017, Trump, as president, signed a resolution condemning by name, quote, white nationalists, white supremacists, the Ku Klux Klan, neo-Nazis, and other hate groups, end quote. On August 5th, 2019, Trump addressed the nation and he said, quote, in one voice, our nation must condemn racism, bigotry, and white supremacy. These sinister ideologies must be defeated. Hate has no place in America. In September of 2020, as president, he signed a resolution designating the KKK as a domestic terrorist organization. As a matter of fact, uh, I played on my show a montage, a four-minute montage of 19 different times that Donald Trump condemned by name the KKK, neo-Nazis, white supremacists, uh, David Duke, all of this kind of stuff, yet this very same press falsely claims that Trump doesn't, uh, doesn't denounce it. Okay, fine. But my point here is, I, just once, guys, I would like to see Joe Biden Kamala Harris or any of these leading Democrats, I would like them to be able to say these exact same words of condemnation toward the extremists in the Democratic Party, like Black Lives Matter, Antifa, the Louis Farrakhan crowd, the militant black racists, and yes, uh, what we're talking about today, the Jew-hating anti-Semites. Just once, I'd like to see the Democrats be willing to address this issue as forcefully and as often as, ironically, Donald Trump did when he was president. So I've kind of laid my case out on the table. Mm. I want to go around and talk about the political part of this before we get more to the spiritual of it. And John, I'd like your take on this. It does seem, I'm not saying the Republican Party's perfect. And to Neil's point, oh, you're right. I know we can find fault with the GOP. I get that. But in a general sense, Republicans call out the extremists that align with them, but yeah. Democrats don't. And proof in point, Washington Post, uh, this is an article from the 8th of November, headline read, reads, candidates use violent rhetoric on Israel-Gaza war without mentioning humanitarian aid. In other words, the Washington Post is siding with Hamas and criticizing the, at that time, four candidates that were debating at the Republican debate. Right. So it uh, somehow... There's your proof. Exactly. We, we, we have to... Exactly. So somehow, some way, we have to, we cannot just allow a criticism of Hamas to take place. We have to have the caveat of, well, but let's look at both sides. Exactly. Okay? That's what we hear from today's political left with this kind of evil and atrocities. Uh, politically, and kind of going around, Roger, your take, what is it about today's Democratic Party that they won't? They won't say the kind of words that Donald Trump, and I'm using him right now as an example because he's kind of the considered the, the head, if you will, of the Republican Party. Uh, why won't Joe Biden and the Democrats say about the extremists in their own party the very things that Donald Trump has said literally dozens of times about the quote-unquote extremists that tend to vote Republican? Well, two, two schools of thought. The first one is it's not politically expedient. It doesn't play well with their constituents. Secondly, because they don't believe it. I mean, it, 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 when you get right <clears throat> yeah. down to it, it's really a very simple equation, I think. And it, it's up to voters to hold these people accountable. I mean, and we keep 
harping back on the fact that a third of Christians vote Democrat. You've got tons of Catholic people who are passionately pro-life and out protesting at abortion clinics who vote for pro-abortion Democrats and then wonder why nothing ever changes. I mean, it's really, I mean, you get right down to it. It's not easy for a lot of these people to do, but it is a really very simple solution. I mean, right is right, wrong is wrong. Think clearly, listen clearly. You've got two ears and one mouth. Listen more than you speak. You know, what does the Bible say about being quick to listen, uh, slow to speak, slow to anger? And, and what we're doing here is having this conversation, Bob, as you played that, you know, basically replayed the, those quotes from Donald Trump and asked the question, why don't Democrat leaders share these types of thoughts before? It's an excellent question, and it's not rhetorical. You know, yeah. I think for a lot of people, it, it, it kind of is. Well, I'm a Democrat, and I don't really think about it anymore. My goodness, please think. I mean, there are lives at stake. There are, there's money at stake. There's political power at stake. And obviously, we know who won the war. I mean, Jesus Christ paid the penalty for our sin. And thank you, Neil, for reminding us of the fact that our Jewish carpenter, Savior, uh, Deliverer, mm-hmm. is coming to Israel once again. For people to say, well, why are we paying so much attention to Israel? 90% of Israel are atheists and et cetera, et cetera. Well, last time I checked, God has a covenant with Israel, and Jesus has an appointment in Israel. So therefore, as Christians, we should be paying very close attention to that for that reason alone. God doesn't welch on his covenants. Right. I mean, it's, it's really very, exactly. that, that's right. another simple Absolutely reality. Right. He's, he's not going back on that. Israel's turned away from God before, and they're kind of living in open rebellion to God right now. That doesn't change anything about how God feels about Israel. Exactly. So what, what, what one of us would turn our, our backs on our own children if they went exactly. wayward or prodigal? Okay. Exactly. God doesn't turn exactly. his own back on his people, and certainly not Israel. You're right. Which is actually where I want to take this conversation a little bit uh, next to is uh, Israel itself and God's relationship with Israel and the world's hatred for Israel. And we really shouldn't be surprised by this. Neil, I'm going to get to you in just a second here. But first, we do want to ask everybody, if you if you have given to preborn, thank you. We appreciate that. But if you haven't yet, we want to take a moment and ask you to do that right now if you would, okay? Go to crawfordmediagroup.net, click on preborn. You can give right there. Crawfordmediagroup.net, click on preborn. Remember, you're paying for ultrasound images so that we can save babies' lives. Preborn shows these ultrasound images in pro-life centers all across the country. And those moms choose life when they see a picture of their baby. And they usually end up accepting the Lord too. So how many babies' lives will you be willing to save? We're getting into Christmas, getting pretty close to Christmas. And what a great Christmas gift, right? Save some babies' lives. You know what you do? You pray about a number. You know, $28 is going to save one baby's life. Stop one abortion. That's the ultrasound cost to save one baby's life. How many babies' lives will you save? Take $28 times fill in the blank. Pray about a number. Is it 10 babies, 50 babies, 100 babies? What is that number? Uh, Maybe it's a nice tax write-off for you too. And 100% of what you give goes to fund ultrasounds, nothing for overhead. So go to crawfordmediagroup.net, click on preborn, give right there. Or you can give over the phone, call 833-850-BABY, 833-850-BABY. And don't forget, we've got an anonymous donor matching dollar for dollar everything you give from now through Christmas. So you can double the baby's lives you're saving with the same amount of money. So 833-850-BABY, call right now, please. Let's save these babies' lives. As we continue talking about uh, Israel, the atrocities committed against the women there, and the hatred of Israel. And Neil, to Roger's point, I want to bring it back now. And, And you as a pastor, just like Roger is, Neil, we do, in fact, see in Scripture God established a covenant with Israel. This is an everlasting covenant. It doesn't mean that individual Jewish people don't need to accept Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah, to be saved. They do. Uh, But the people themselves, the Jewish people, God hasn't turned their back on them. Even though they may have turned their back on him, he hasn't turned his back on them. Uh, This is a fulfilling of prophecy. The Jews are supposed to have a hardened heart toward Jesus. This was prophesied, so we shouldn't be surprised. But I don't think we should also be surprised, Neil, about how much hatred there is toward Israel from non-believing pagan nations around the world. That shouldn't surprise us at all. Well, you know, it's the... um it's the tendency of mankind to want to be our own God. We saw that in the Garden of Eden. You know, the lie that Adam and Eve believed ultimately was that they could be like God and and that he was holding out on them. And, you know, God rectified that situation ultimately by showing mankind we can't be our own God, we can't be holy, we can't do it when he gave us the law uh, and entered Jesus at that point because he's our redeemer. He's the one who fulfilled the law for us. My point, though, in going back is that it was the Jews' acceptance of a higher law of morality um, 
that is, I believe, at the heart of why the world hates Israel. Uh, Adolf Hitler one time was quoted as saying, uh, conscience is a Jewish invention like circumcision. My task is to free men from the dirty and degrading ideas of conscience and morality. So, I mean, it was the Jews that brought in this idea of uh, uh, submission to the God who created us, the creator God, and that we need to follow his rules and regulations, that we need to obey him, that there is something bigger than us. And mankind hates that. And by the way, Satan hates it. Uh, at the core of this, I believe the word satanic was mentioned earlier, demonic. Um, at the core of all of this is God's redemption plan for mankind, which is coming through the tribe of, of David, right? I mean, that, that ultimately Jesus, born a Jew, born under the law, came to redeem us from all of this. And so God's redemption plan for mankind, the very people that Satan himself hates, um, is is Jewish. And I, I think that it, at the core of all this, whether people realize it or not, whether they've been educated in this or not, that there's a hatred for the things of God because we want to rebel against God. We want to right. be God. And until we surrender to the plan and purpose of God, which means he gets to call the shots, and we do things his way, and we receive Jesus, who is his way for salvation, um, then ultimately we're never going to be at peace. And uh, I think we're just watching biblical Christianity play out. And and this is why the Jews are hated so much. Yeah. Well, and actually, John, if you think about it, it— it shouldn't surprise us at all that a darkened world is going to be offended no. by anything that God loves, Very the true. world hates. I mean, we know that. Dark and hates so, light. Right. And so that's why it doesn't shock me that the United Nations, which let's face it, is basically the the, the nation of the pagan nations. It's the United yeah. Pagan yeah, Nations. Well, yeah, let's call that for what it is as well. Yeah, thank yeah, you, Bob. It's let's a pagan call nations. that what it is. Yes. And so the pagan nations of the world what do they do? They say, okay, who's our, the number one persecutor of human rights in the world? They actually name Israel. The number one persecutor of women's rights in the world, the United Nations actually says Israel. Above any Middle Eastern nation, uh, above China, above North Korea, it, it's Israel somehow. The women whose bodies are being mutilated and their entrails spread out uh, from Hamas, they are actually the number one violators of human rights. So of course, pagan nations are going to hate Israel because they hate what God loves. And you eliminate Israel and the Jewish Jewish nation from what we know of day-to-day -day life and look at all of the advancements that we have seen. Let's not even talk the spiritual aspect of it, Neil and Roger, which I respect everything they said, but just add in all of the other things that we as a world today have because of the brilliance of the Jewish people, the Jewish mind, the arts, the medical advancements, Bob, all of the different things we have today. Tell me, how much of that comes from the Muslim world? I know. I know. Not much. Zero? Hey. Zilch? Right. Right. No, it's, it's a very I mean, no offense. Point. The only thing coming out of the Muslim world, guys, I'm going to be very frank here, oil. That's it, guys. Oil and natural gas. There is no other advancements made to mankind besides that coming out of the Muslim world. And by the way, the United States happens to be sitting on more oil and That's gas right. than the And, and by the, the way, Middle if it wasn't anyway. for us, they wouldn't be extracting what they have either. So yes, thank you for adding that right. in, Bob. So, right, but uh, thanks to the power of people like Greta Thunberg, who convinces the Democrats to not drill our own oil, we're actually dependent upon uh, Middle Eastern oil way yeah, more than we should being, be. The point being, the Jewish people have given us a vast array of things that we all should be very thankful for. And, and we can get into all the spiritual aspects of that as to what mm -hmm. Neil and Roger were saying as to, you know, are they a blessed nation? Has God given them talents and things that maybe everybody else doesn't have? And we could go into that maybe on a separate podcast one day, guys. But mm -hmm. bottom line is that stuff hasn't been delivered from the Muslim nations at all. Right. And, you know, something, Roger, in the, the spiritual side of this, too, regarding Israel— the point I was making before, yes, of course, individual Jews still need to accept Yeshua, Jesus as Messiah. Who do you think Jesus was talking to when he said, uh, you know, if you do not accept me, okay, I'm, no one comes right. to the Father except by me. He's talking to Jews, and he's a Jew himself, of course, came first for the Jew and then the Gentile. Uh, but it doesn't change the fact that God still has this covenant established with Israel. He has blessed them. And even if you give 
a blessing to someone. They they can take you know the prodigal son. He 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 went away, but he he still took his his portion of his dad's wealth with him. He squandered it, okay, but he still had it with him. You know when he took it with him. So Israel still has the blessings that God has given them, even though they've turned away from Him, which fulfills prophecy. And I'm curious to get your take on this, uh, uh, Roger. Also, and as you as you prepare to share with us from a pastor's perspective about the hatred that the pagan nations have for Israel. I do want to ask you if you just can remind us also about how we can get our financial houses in our own lives in order, especially leading into Christmas. People looking over their budgets like, oh, man, we got to be better financially with our money. Dennis Wilson really can help. He can. I mean, when you consider that it costs the average American family $11,000 more just to buy the basics than it did when Joe Biden took office yep. in January of 2021, I mean, you need more money just to survive, and especially if you're in retirement years. As John was talking about the great uh, technological advances that have come out of Israel and the investment that went into those places, those companies to make those things happen, it's important to look at where the money is going and, and what kind of investment we're going to get and what kind of return we're going to get on our investment. And Dennis Wilson specialized in helping us find uh, places to invest our money that are God-honoring, that have zero risk. I mean, many of the products do have zero risk. They've got good, decent returns, especially in tumultuous times, and actually are income-producing and dividend-paying. Uh, if you want to learn more about that, call Dennis, 800-696-9970, and of course, mention that you heard about him here on the National Crawford Roundtable podcast. Or if you'd like to start the process online, just go to the Wilson Financial Advisors banner at CrawfordMediaGroup.net and make it all happen there. Um, Bob, to your point, um, we were talking, you know, Neil's very strong exhortation about the role that Israel has and the role that Christians have and, you know, the Jewish community and the open rebellion that Israel seems like it's constantly been in a state of going back to Old Testament times. But we think about the new covenant and the fact that the gospel is preached first to the Jew and the Gentile, as you mentioned. The reality is that now in this new covenant, you know, Jesus says there's a new covenant in my blood. It's not the cup of wrath that he drank before on the cross that was actually a part of the Passover ceremony, but rather saying now the covenant that's in my blood is this new cup that we all drink from. And that's for the Jew, the Gentile, the Samaritan, the Greek. I mean, take your pick. All who drink from that cup, I mean, are, are participating in the Lord's Supper. And so when we see what's happening in the world around us and the people who just want to look at Israel as a political entity and not looking at the spiritual ramifications of what's going on here, looking at the region, looking at the fact that the UN would say Israel is you know, this, uh, the, the worst perpetrator of human rights violations. Well, according to their code, yes. I mean, because if Israel is part of God's eternal plan, there is going to be hatred for Israel. But behold, Jesus has overcome the world, and we are all living proof of that. And, and th right. th that's the testament that we keep proclaiming. To, that's the good news that we keep sharing with people, whether they want to hear it or not. Right. You know, I, uh, I wanted to share something also that uh, some people are talking about this. It's starting to go a little bit viral, this video online. CBN News has reported on this. Christian Headlines reported on this. But you have this man, Michael Lacona. He is a Christian professor. He's the president of a group called Risen Jesus. And he says that he has, he posted on Facebook, over the past two days, we have ministered to hundreds of, of fathers who have lost most, if not all, of their children in the war. Now, these are these are Muslims in Gaza, all right? These are Palestinians in Gaza, and he says that he knows of more than 200 of these Muslims who have accepted Jesus Christ as Savior because Jesus appeared to them in a dream that over 200 of them say that Jesus appeared the very, they all had the same dream of Jesus appearing to them uh, and revealing who he was, and now they've accepted Jesus as Messiah, these these Muslims. Now, there's speculation, hey, is this really accurate? Is this not accurate? Are his reports true or not? Could be, maybe not, I don't know. But I don't think there's any reason to, to doubt the plausibility of this because I think I've told you guys this before, but I'll just say it again right now. And Neil, I'm curious to get your take on this. Uh, you know, I was interviewing a missionary who works with former Muslims who are now Christians in the Middle East, works in the underground church. And that person told me that about 60% of the hundreds and hundreds of former Muslims, now Christians in the underground church that he works with, 
about 60% say that Jesus appeared to them in a dream or a vision during the day and revealed the truth of who he was. I asked another missionary that works in the Middle East without telling him that 60% figure, what percentage of the former Muslims that you work with now say Jesus appeared to them in a dream or vision. That person said "Mm, probably half to two-thirds. So, Neil, we've only got about 30 seconds left, but I'd love to get your take in the last 30 seconds of this kind of activity that we're hearing about Jesus appearing in mass numbers like this. You never hear stuff like this from Confucius, Muhammad, Krishna, Buddha, you know, any of the rest of them, but we do hear this about Jesus. Well, we heard that from the Apostle Paul, you know, when he was Saul. Jesus him, yeah. appeared to him. And and so if we believe the Bible and if we as believers believe that that's how Paul came to faith in Christ, who ended up writing a major portion of the New Testament, then we have to understand that that is possible. And of course, God goes to any length. Look at the length he went. He sent his only son to die on a cross mm-hmm. for us. Right. And so salvation is possible because of what he did. By the way, you know, when we say that God chose Israel to be his chosen people, I'm not sure that's always good. And what I mean is... Um, Look at what they've been through. And I need a people to prove to the world that they can't keep my law and attain holiness in their own strength. And and look at the difficulty they've endured, and yet God loves them, and he loves Palestinian people. So when Christ died once for all in 1 Peter 3.18, he was dying for Jews, Palestinians, atheists, um, people who were completely lost and wanted nothing to do with God. And that's the way his love works. It's for each and every one of us. Absolutely it is. That it is. Thank you, Neil. And folks, we want to remind you, uh, support preborn if you haven't done it yet. Okay, we really want to save these babies' lives. And $28 is all it takes to save one baby's life by paying for an ultrasound image. So how many babies' lives will you be willing to save? Is it 10 babies, 50 babies, 100 babies? Whatever you can afford, it's a one-time gift we're asking you to give to Preborn right now. Here's how you give. Go to crawfordmediagroup.net, click on Preborn, give right there. And 100% of what you give goes to fund ultrasounds, nothing for overhead. Crawfordmediagroup.net, click on Preborn, or just give them a call, 833-850-BABY, and they answer the phones 24-7, 833-850-BABY. Just mention National Crawford Roundtable when you call. And don't forget, we got an anonymous donor that's matching dollar for dollar everything that you folks give from now through Christmas. So you're saving double the baby's lives. And for the rest of you, for those of you that have been blessed financially, you run a business, we need some of you out there to buy ultrasound machines. They're $15,000 a piece. It's a tax write-off for you coming up on the end of the year. And your forever legacy is you stopped thousands and thousands of abortions. So would you do that? Everybody else, take $28 times fill in the blank. Some number of babies' lives you'll save. We appreciate you doing that. And we appreciate you folks listening to this podcast. You can watch video of our podcast at myhopenow.com and certainly follow My Hope Now wherever you follow social media. And Neil Boron, Neil Boron Live out of Buffalo, New York. Roger Marsh, The Bottom Line from California. John Rush, Rush to Reason out of Denver, Colorado. Myself, Bob Duco, The Bob Duco Show out of Detroit. Guys, always great catching up with you. Thanks a lot. Looking forward to next week. Always. Likewise, Bob. Thanks, Bob. Thanks. Take care. Thank you for listening, everybody. God bless. You've been listening to the National Crawford Roundtable podcast, a view of today's culture through a biblical lens, brought to you by Preborn, saving babies and souls. Join us in the fight to save babies from abortion. Your gift provides a free ultrasound for a mother in need. 80% of the time, she will choose life. Visit CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on the Preborn logo to donate to save babies now. And Wilson Financial Advisors, over 50 years of financial expertise and success helping you build confidence in your financial future. Visit CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on the Wilson Financial Services logo to learn more. You can download this podcast from Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and more from your local Crawford Media Group station or at CrawfordMediaGroup.net. And you can watch video of the podcast at myhopenow.com. Be sure to follow My Hope Now wherever you follow social media. And please give this podcast a five-star rating on your Apple app. Look for the notification on your app for when the next weekly edition of the National Crawford Roundtable podcast is ready for you to download. This is a Crawford Media Group production.